You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On SEC Podcast. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's show, we're going to talk all things SEC with John Talty of AL.com. We'll get the latest on the Alabama Ole Miss game. Will it be played as scheduled? Will they move it to a different day? This impending hurricane heading toward the Gulf Coast, we'll ask John Talty all about that. We'll also go around the conference. We'll get the latest tidbits from many of the schools around the league. And lastly, some Lane Kiffin audio calling Nick Saban elderly. And Nick Saban responds. You don't want to miss that audio. We'll get to that in the final segment. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. We are here for you five days a week. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating wherever you can. Let's do it. We do it every week around this time. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. First off. Bama Ole Miss. Again, we will talk with John Tolting next about if this game's going to be played. Are they going to move it or whatnot? But the Vegas books, they have taken note of the potentially bad weather that could be in Oxford this Saturday. The Alabama Ole Miss point total that opened at 79.5 has dipped as low as 67.5 points at some sports books listed at VegasInsider.com. So a lot of people thinking if there's tropical storm type winds, heavy rain, it's going to be a ground game fest. A lot of Najee Harris and rushing yards for Alabama and Ole Miss. Jerry Ely, I'm sure he'll be running all over. But you know Lane Kiffin wants to fling it around, and you know Mac Jones wants to fling it around as well. Over at Auburn, running back Harold Joyner has entered the transfer portal. Joyner is a redshirt sophomore who had yet to register a touch through the first two games this season. The Birmingham native had just three touchdowns from scrimmage in his first two years at Auburn, he had yet to appear on Auburn's depth chart this season and was viewed as maybe the team's fifth option at running back. Joyner did have a 78-yard reception from Bo Nix last season against Ole Miss. And this now marks three of Auburn's four highest-rated prospects from their 2018 class, having transferred, added to defensive tackle Coynus Miller and quarterback Joey Gatewood, all transferred out. Arkansas, their defensive back, Joe Fouché was asked about potential rain on Saturday for their game against Auburn. And he said, quote, Eagles, when it's raining and cold, they go inside. But you know a hog, we love that mud. We love that water. That's what we're going to be on Saturday, some wild hogs. Somebody may want to tell Fouché they are also the Auburn Tigers, and Tigers probably don't have a problem getting dirty. War Eagle, yeah, they're going to go inside. Over at Vanderbilt, Vandy is getting some reinforcements for their game this weekend against South Carolina. This weekend will be the season debut of running back Keon Henry Brooks and wide receivers James Bostick and Devin Bowdy. So a few more options on offense for quarterback Ken Seals. Henry Brooks missed the first two games due to an unspecified illness, and both Bostick and Bowdy have been out with injuries. Derek Mason confirmed all three guys will play this weekend. Over at LSU, the Tigers, they will now go up to Columbia, Missouri for the first time this Saturday since the Mizzou Tigers have joined the SEC. That's eight years, and LSU has not made the trip yet up to Missouri, but they will this Saturday. Last week, LSU went up to Vanderbilt. Next week, 
they head to Gainesville to play Florida. The last time LSU played three straight road games in the same season, you have to go back to 1988, where LSU played three straight road games. Get this, at Tennessee, at Ohio State, and at Florida. Whoever the hell did LSU scheduling in 1988, you're fired. That is a gauntlet of three straight road trips. But LSU, look, not so bad. You played Vandy last week. You're playing Missouri this week. LSU should win easily. At Gainesville next week, that's a different story. But I don't think anybody's going to have pity that you went to Vanderbilt and to Missouri. It stinks to lose the home game. I get it. But thus is 2020. We all make adjustments and you deal with what you have to deal with to get the games in. And lastly, over at South Carolina, the Ringer podcast host, Ryan Rossillo, very critical this week of Gamecocks coach Will Muschamp and his lack of clock management late in that Florida game last week. Rossillo said they had no sense of urgency at the end of that game. It was awful. South Carolina was down two touchdowns. They got the ball back with eight minutes left in the game, took over at their own 22, and that drive took seven minutes, and on fourth and goal at the four, they still didn't score. Priscillo called it absolutely brutal, and I think a lot of people would agree. Not the best use of the clock down two scores. you got to have some urgency. you got to go. You can't just watch the clock tick down and, hey, what's the next play? Of course you need to execute, but down 14? They could have had a chance. Maybe come back and tie things up with Florida. Some people still a little critical of the that Florida defense, which has not been lights out as they typically are. And that is around the conference. Coming up next, we are going to talk all things SEC with John Talty. We will get his thoughts on the Alabama Ole Miss game. What is the latest? Is this going to move? Are they going to play it as scheduled? John Talty, senior sports editor and SEC insider at AL.com. Coming your way next. Look, let's face it. When you need something for your car, a lot of times we always feel like, oh, it's just easy. Let me just run to, to the chain store across town and go get what I need and walk up and down the aisles. And then got people pestering me. Hey, can I help you find what you're looking for? And then half the time they don't even know where to find it. They got to go type it into the computer to find the part. Save yourself the hassle. Go to rockauto.com. They will find what you are looking for for your vehicle. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com, the place to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything that you need. We talked about it before. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you're looking to do, whether it's a new car, car, an old car, a classic, whatever you need for your car, RockAuto.com has all the parts available for your car or truck. When you go there, make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car is ever going to need save yourself the hassle rockauto.com we're all along here on the locked on sec podcast talking all things southeastern conference make sure to subscribe to our podcast we're here for you five days a week talking all things sec football and Look, so far so good with the coronavirus and uh, having games played and getting through the season on that end. But on the other end, we've been sidetracked a little with another hurricane, an October hurricane of all things. And we've already uh, had the news that uh, LSU and Missouri will still play Saturday morning, but they'll move to the Missouri campus and play at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern 
on Saturday morning, so at least they're getting that game in. But what about the other games, including Alabama and Ole Miss? Could that be in jeopardy? We'll discuss with our buddy John Talty, senior sports editor and SEC insider for AL.com, joins us now. John, what's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. I think, to your point, it's interesting that as coronavirus has impacted so much through college football already that the SEC has been, you know, pretty perfect in that regard, but here they have to face a hurricane, which is already, you know, causing some, some impact and some changes. So we're obviously here on a podcast. We're not live radio. So things can change before, you know, by the time people even listen to this interview, but where are we right now with the Alabama Ole Miss game on Saturday? Yeah. So the, that game has a few potential options, which people are expecting, you know, to, hopefully be resolved in the next 24 hours of when we're recording this. But essentially, you know, Lane Kiffin said today that, you know, the options are, you know, could play the game on Friday, which if that's going to happen, you know, they need to be notified essentially on Wednesday. Uh, there's a possibility to move it back to Sunday or potentially push the game back uh, even further to November uh, when these teams have bye weeks. And so those are all the possible options. Plus, of course, just being able to still play it on Saturday and that could potentially mean, you know, moving the time up uh, to, as of right now, it's a 5 p.m. start. So there's a lot of options at play here. I think moving to November is probably the option that, you know, they would at least want, uh, especially for Alabama, that'd be, you know, losing their bye week and uh, ahead of LSU in November. So I think as of right now, you know, the most likely options are either playing it Saturday, uh, potentially playing it maybe earlier in the day, or maybe moving it to Sunday if it looks like that would be helpful. Um, I think Friday would be tough just given – uh, the quick turnaround, and then in November could be the safest option, but I don't think it's the preferred option. Any chance of potentially moving it to Tuscaloosa, or is this no way, no how, they're not taking away this as an Ole Miss home game? You know, I haven't heard much talk about moving it to Alabama. I guess it's it's potentially something that could be considered, but I haven't gotten that vibe that that is anything that uh, is being strongly considered right now. I think it's also in part because even though I don't expect it to severely hit us here in central Alabama, it still potentially could be impacted uh, by the hurricane in Alabama as well. So I don't know how much of a benefit it would be either, whereas certainly to go from Baton Rouge to Missouri, that's a pretty big change, and we know Missouri is not supposed to get hit by the hurricane. Let's uh, let's discuss a little bit on this game, if they do indeed play it on time and everything goes well. Um, what do we expect? Because, look, I've watched – these teams through the first couple weeks, Alabama looks very much like a well-oiled machine on offense. Mac Jones, the reigning SEC Offensive Player of the Week. And Ole Miss has been very good offensively, but man, defense, they are Swiss cheese. I I got a feeling, I mean, this would be a fun, entertaining game to watch because it feels like if Ole Miss could score a little bit on Alabama's defense, this would be a really high-score game. Yeah, I think you hit it well there. You know, I think that Certainly, Lane Kiffin will evolve his ties uh, to back to Nick Saban, good and bad. You know, he's going to want to try to pull some things on him and try to, you know, might be some trick plays, might, you know, see some things, some new wrinkles we haven't seen much before. Uh, I think he's certainly going to want to try to at least feel like he put up a couple points against his old boss, and I think he's got a good quarterback there that's capable of doing that. To your point, you know, Ole Miss's defense has been a mess uh, thus far, and on the flip side, Alabama's offense has looked great. You know, Mac Jones. Uh, really hasn't missed a beat um, from what Alabama was doing last year under Tua. You know, they've got great wide receivers, um, and Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. They've got a great running back in Najee Harris. You know, there's just a lot of kind of potent options for Alabama on offense that, you know, I would expect to put up big points against Ole Miss. So I think you could see 
Ole Miss score more points than maybe some of the other opponents Alabama will play this year. But I still expect uh, Alabama to win pretty convincingly in that game just because I don't think Ole Miss's defense has much of a shot to slow down Alabama's offense. What is their relationship like? Because we know, you know, there was a – it was a mixed relationship when they were together at Alabama and Lane was running the offense. And, you know, there were times where there were blow ups on the sideline where Saban's yelling at him. And then there was the amicable, we're going to part ways. Uh, Coach O got the job at LSU. And there was all this talk that Lane Kiffin was going to come be his OC at, at LSU. And then there was almost a pump the brakes. You know, Saban says, no, 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 we're going to get you a head coaching job. And ultimately he winds up as the head coach at FAU. But what is their relationship like now? I don't think either one of them is sending a Christmas card to each other. You know, I think Nick Saban probably, you know, views him as kind of, you know, like a little bit of a gnat that he kind of is trying to swipe away and just doesn't seem to really disappear. You know, I think Lane really enjoys poking the bear, poking, you know, kind of poking him with his little jabs on Twitter. And, you know, I think even uh, today or so he was on Dan Patrick's show talking about, you know, how he's worried about uh, Coach Saban because he's getting older in age. You know, he's just always going to take those jabs. And I don't think, you know, Saban is a huge fan of that, but I don't think there's a strong dislike or anything like that. I think it's just kind of a mutual, you know, we're never going to be best friends type thing. And so we're going to go about things very differently. I think it was a mutually beneficial relationship for a long time in Tuscaloosa. It's obviously well established that, you know, Nick Saban wanted to part ways of Wayne ahead of that national championship. I think Wayne has been trying to prove Nick wrong ever since. So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines, you know, heading into that game is to get, get played this weekend. But I think that you know, certainly both would like to beat the other one. <laughs> Talking with John Talty, AL dot com. Um, if I ask you who's the best team in the East right now, Georgia or Florida, who would you go with? I still like Florida right now. I think that that offense is playing at a really high level. I think that you know they're going to do. You know, some serious damage, I think, against pretty much every uh, SEC team this year. I think it'll be interesting to see how they fare against Texas A&M. Um, but I, I like Florida a lot. You know, Georgia certainly deserves a lot of credit for how they beat Auburn, but I'm not a real believer in Auburn so far this season. So I'm, I will know more, I think, about Georgia after this week against Tennessee. But I think as of right now, I think this is Dan Mullen's best team that he's had at Florida. And I think as long as the defense can get some stops along the way, I think they have a really good shot to come out of the East. It's funny you talked about Florida, and I'm with you. I agree. I, I just think Florida's offense. I don't. People talking about oh, the defense gave up this and that. I don't care. You have an offense like that, you're going to win a lot of games. But this Tennessee Georgia game this weekend intrigues me so much because I, I do think Jeremy Pruitt's taken steps to, to having a much better team. Jared Gar- Garantano's being that ultimate game manager. He's getting the job done. You know, no no turnover so far, and and they're doing their job. And then I look at that Georgia defense, and if it's probably the best in the SEC, if not the country so far through two weeks. But the offense, I still wonder if Stetson Bennett is, you know, the Cinderella story that's going to, you know, the clock's going to strike midnight. He's going to throw a bunch of interceptions. What's your vibe on this Tennessee-Georgia game this weekend? Yeah, and I have some of the same concerns that you do of Georgia. You know, I think that they're going to come, you know, a week later against Alabama. I think that's when we're going to see kind of Bennett's moment when, you know, things kind of go – go wrong but I think there I think it's a big moment for Jeremy Pruitt I think it's an opportunity to kind of announce that Tennessee is back to being you know relevant they had a you know kind of a rough start to last season ended strong came into this season with some preseason hype you know I don't think we necessarily know that much about them through the first two games that they had you know able to get the wins but 
not necessarily against the greatest opponents. And so I think it's a big early test for them. You know, Georgia really impressed me against Auburn and just really the way they man, you know, manhandled them uh, on the line of scrimmage of both sides of the ball. I don't think Tennessee is going to be pushed over as easily as Auburn was, but certainly that's going to be a big test for Pruitt's bunch. Just, you know, are they able to, to get some pressure on Bennett, given how well that offensive line played against Auburn? And on the flip side, you know, can you – move the ball downfield of, you know, with what they have against what I think is, as you said, one of the best defenses in the country so far. Last one for you, John. What do you make of this Arkansas-Auburn game? I'm, I was so disappointed in how Auburn performed this past weekend. You know, we're all waiting for Bo Nix to take that next step in his development, reigning SEC freshman of the year. We just haven't seen it yet. And obviously the offensive line woes is, is an issue. But Arkansas coming off a big emotional win over Mississippi State, First SEC win in a couple of years, man. This could this could be a really interesting game at Auburn on on Saturday. Yeah, I think. There, I mean, there, obviously, there's some great storylines there. You know, Gus Malzahn of all his uh, Arkansas ties, you know, previously turned down that job. You know, which goes to his friend Chad Morris. Chad Morris, you know, as we all know, had just a disastrous tenure at Arkansas. Doesn't win an SEC game, gets fired, and here he is at Auburn as offensive coordinator, you know, I've been really impressed by how Arkansas has played under Sam Pittman so far. You know, I was not a believer in that hire, but they played really tough, especially in that first half against Georgia. Then, you know, beating Mississippi State coming off of their really big win over LSU. You know, I think this is a team that's playing a lot harder than people expected. Certainly, I think there's a big talent deficiency in this game. I think Auburn is by far the more talented team, uh, by far better offensive weapons of Bo Nix and Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and all those guys. So I think this is a, a big moment for Auburn and Bo Nix. You know, it's, it's time to come out and deliver a big win. You know, I think you've got to put up some points here. So I think it's going to be tight early on. I think, you know, Auburn wins by, you know, two plus TDs or so in the end. But if they don't, if it's a struggle or if Arkansas somehow wins this game, I mean, the, the pressure is really going to start cranking up in Gus. All right. Last question. Who's the second best team in the SEC West right now? Yeah, it's a difficult question to answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a an obvious option. I guess I would go LSU because I think they'll get better as the year goes on, and and having Stingley back, I think, will help. But I think it is Alabama, massive gap, and then you've got you know LSU, Auburn, kind of in that same pack. I'm not a believer in Texas A&M, so I think they're probably a notch below. Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Arkansas are all, are all okay. I think all of them have a chance to surprise a team or two, uh, the way Mississippi State already did. But I really think that Alabama is just far and away the best team, and I think really for the first time in I think years now. The SEC East is the more interesting division to me. Yeah, it is weird how that's how that's happened. But I think I'm with you. I think LSU is going to progressively get better as the year goes along. They got a big showdown with Florida in two weeks, and then obviously they'll play Alabama later in the season in Tiger Stadium. But man, this is uh, two weeks in and don't know what to think outside of Alabama good, Georgia good, Florida good, and that's about it. Everything else is kind of up in the air. John Talty, AL.com is the website. Uh, what are you guys working on this week? Well, I mean, it's kind of like we hit on. I mean, we're waiting to see, you know, whether this Alabama game gets played, and if so, you know, when. Uh, so that's kind of one of the big ones. But I think, like we said, I mean, I'm really curious just to see, you know, what Bo Nix is able to do uh, in this game. And so I think that's going to be one of the big storylines coming out of this weekend is just how is he able to respond to the struggles he had against Georgia. Awesome. John, great stuff, man. Really appreciate the time. 
Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, John Talty there, senior sports editor and SEC insider for AL.com. Really appreciate him taking the time out and uh, joining us and previewing some of the games this weekend. It is funny. I mean, that's the question I keep asking everybody is, who is the second best team in the SEC West right now? And it's it's a mixed bag, right? After week one, LSU looked terrible, and then they looked really good against Vandy in you know, week two. Auburn looked decent against Kentucky week one. They falter off in, in the beatdown of Georgia. And then you know, Arkansas shows promise for a quarter against Georgia, then gets steamrolled in the second half, and then plays absolutely lights out defensively against Mississippi State in week two. It's just... It's a weird up and down. You know, maybe Texas A&M is good. They just not they're not on Alabama's level, and they got humbled in week two. I don't know. We'll see. But they obviously weren't impressive in week one against Vandy. So it really is all up in the air right now. It's the Locked On SEC podcast coming up next. Some audio from Lane Kiffin on the Dan Patrick Show taking some shots at Nick Saban. You don't want to miss that. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there, you get at health stores, they look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout, or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods, this could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You will get $10 off your next order, but you have to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You get $10 off and you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Locked on SEC podcast, Chris Gordy here with you. Appreciate John Talty taking some time out to preview some of the games going on this weekend. Again, we'll continue to track this Alabama Ole Miss game. And again, we record the podcast, so you could be listening at any time of the day. But as of the recording of this podcast, game's still scheduled to be played at uh, in Oxford as usual. But uh, we'll see what happens with the track of this hurricane and, and what changes, if, uh, if anything, with the date and all that. But if and when the game is played, there will be no love lost between Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday talking about Coach Saban, taking some shots, calling him an elderly man. Here was a little bit of that conversation. What do you tell your, uh, your players about uh, Nick Saban in Alabama? I um, would just talk to them about, you know, that, you know, this is the you know, best team in the country, probably coach's best team he's ever had, you know, with no holes in it. So you got to play perfect. You got to prepare really well um, and do everything right in order to have a chance to win. Last time you corresponded with him, you text him? Uh, he doesn't text, so that, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> he I told saw, me he just got email, Lane. There's no way he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, somebody somebody is doing it for him, but he said due to COVID, he decided he was going to get email. He just got email. Wow. <laughs> what, that Twitter? <laughs> when's the last time you talked to him? Uh, we were um, at an SEC before COVID. We were at a head coach's meeting um, for the SEC. 
um, and, and talk to him there. But you, you're going against Alabama, but you're going against Nick Saban, right? Well, <laughs> I don't play and he doesn't play, so um, we, we'd, we'd have better chances if that was the case, I think. I, think, <laughs> I don't think he can cover me. He's got, he's got a bad well, I don't know. He's a former defensive back, so he might be able to cover you. Yeah, he's in his—he's in his like. <laughs> I was told that I'm, I'm really worried about coach. You know, he's elderly now. You know. So oh no! All right, that's what Lane Kiffin had to say later in the afternoon. Nick Saban asked for a response to Lane Kiffin's comments, calling him elderly. Coach, uh, we've seen Lane Kiffin kind of poke fun at you a few times today. He was asked about the Saban versus Kiffin matchup. He said. We're not playing, but if we did, he couldn't cover me. I'm worried about him because he's elderly. Would you like to respond to that? No, I think he's probably right. I wouldn't disagree with him. Um, you know, I, I guess what I would ask is when he's my age, what's he going to be like? Then? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a you know disadvantage to be you know my age and have had a hip replacement, but. You know, I still pride myself in my ability to cover. I just don't think I could cover him. Nothing like taking some shots. By the way, Nick Saban, 20-0 against his former assistants now after the win against Jimbo Fisher this past weekend. He's now 4-0 against Jimbo, 2-0 against Kirby Smart. And honestly, one of those should have gone the other way for Kirby, if we're being honest. 2-0 against Jeremy Pruitt, 3-0 against Will Muschamp, 3-0 against Derek Dooley, 3-0 against Jim McElwain, 2-0 against Mark D'Antonio, and 1-0 versus Billy Napier. He will have an opportunity to add Lane Kiffin to the mix and go 21-0 against his former assistants coming this weekend. Paul Feinbaum had some interesting thoughts on Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, and he thinks Lane Kiffin will beat Nick Saban at some point. Nick Saban's assistants have historically had all kinds of trouble with him, but I think you think this is going to be different this time. Yeah, remember one thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, Lane Kiffin got the FAU job, and he, he coached in the semifinal game, so he quits. And he still got fired by Nick Saban because he lost interest uh, at, right before the final. I think it, it ended up costing uh, Alabama a national championship. But Lane Kiffin is obsessed with... Nick Saban, and I think Nick Saban is obsessed with him. And, and Greeny, I, I firmly believe that of all these disciples, and we've talked about them ad nauseum between Kirby Smart and Jimbo and so many others, that Lane Kiffin is going to be the first Saban disciple to beat the GOAT. But it's going to happen because he will spend every moment, he'll, he'll lose 11 games to prepare for that one, and, and, and I think Saban's not intimidated by people, but he's going to look over there and go, I don't want to play Lane Kiffin. He just, he's like a gnat for Nick Saban, isn't he? So that was a little bit from uh, Paul Feinbaum with his thoughts on Lane Kiffin. That was back uh, before the season started, but again, it does feel like it, right? If anybody's going to do it, look, this is what we know. To beat a Nick Saban team, you have got to have an offense. You have got to score points, and we've seen that from Hugh Freeze when he did it not once, but twice at Ole Miss, scored a ton of points, defense played lights out, and then we saw it last year with LSU. When they beat Alabama, you just had to, you had to outscore them, and eventually Alabama even, they made it close there at the end and still maybe had a chance, and that was with all the giveaways they gave away with Tua with the early fumble and everything else that happened in that game, and so to beat Nick Saban, you've one, you've got to bring your A game, but two, you have got to have an offense that's going to score a lot of points. Uh, look at Auburn last year. I mean, honestly, if Mac Jones doesn't throw 
a couple of pick sixes in that one. Alabama should win that game. But Auburn's defense showed up and their offense showed up and was able to move the ball up and down the field, first down after first down, and put up touchdown after touchdown. And that's how you beat a Nick Saban team. Lane Kiffin, unfortunately, this year has one of the worst defenses, and that's saying something that Ole Miss has had in recent years. Their defenses have been bad, gone to the days about five years ago with the Landshark defense and playing lights-out defense and all that. That's gone. This defense is uh, tissue paper so far so this year, but the offense is good. Matt Corral is very much succeeding in the Lane Kiffin offense, and I think they will have some time to make some throws and make some big plays against Nick Saban. Don't discount the flea flickers, the trick plays, the end of rounds. Lane Kiffin's going to empty the playbook, I got a feeling, against Nick Saban in Alabama. The problem is they have no answer for Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Menchie. Just keep adding all the names of the stars that Alabama has. But I think it will make for an interesting game this weekend, just from a fireworks standpoint. May make Alabama fans a little bit uh, worried if their defense has given up a bunch of points to Ole Miss. But the bottom line is they won't be Ole Miss will not be able to get the stops on Alabama that are required to pull the upset. So I've got a feeling Nick Saban's gonna go to 21-0 this weekend playing Ole Miss. But let's keep this in mind down the road. If Kiffin continues to develop his players, he's got at Ole Miss, starts to recruit at a high level and get some defenders in there who could play some good defense. Lane Kiffin very well could be the guy, the first former Saban assistant to get revenge. On his, on his predecessor, Nick Saban, but only time will tell. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of the Locked On SEC Podcast. Remember to subscribe if you haven't, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify, whichever one you're listening to. Really appreciate you guys for listening. Tomorrow on the show, big Friday edition as we get you ready. We'll run through every game this weekend in the conference. We'll give, us, give you your matchup breakdowns. We'll give you our Game of the Week prediction. And we'll also catch up with longtime college football analyst Emery Hunt. We'll get his thoughts so far through the two weeks of the SEC. He's doing some tremendous work at CBS now. We'll talk with Emery Hunt tomorrow on the podcast. For now, click over to Locked on LSU. Catch our buddy Matt Moscona doing a great job breaking it down over there. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.